18 minutes it is now uh, before 8 p.m. and uh, we go into our business conversations on this Tuesday and I'm joined by the Chief Executive Officer at uh, Lehumo Capital, Maudi Lentwane. Maudi, how are you my brother? Very good. Uh, on this very cold uh, evening uh, in Johannesburg and I'm sure other parts of the, of, of the country also. Indeed. Coming up with the cold front, but otherwise I'm good. Okay. And uh, uh, Maudi, let's maybe start off here with the EOH. We do know uh, they were uh, a rather embattled company, lost a contract with Microsoft after uh, some impropriety was found in a contract with the Department of Defense. And uh, now, I guess, uh, uh, Rob Van Collar, try, or St- uh, Stephen Van Collar, I should say, not Rob Van Collar, uh, Stephen Van Collar, uh, making the call there to sell their construction software business uh, for over $400 million. Is this, I guess, a reflection of EOH falling on tough times or a call uh, based on uh, the weak performance that they've seen in the construction sector? Yeah, so look, Ayabonga, uh, I mean, you've already mentioned uh, some of, partly some of the challenges that uh, EOH has faced over the past couple of couple of years. And um, they did make an announcement um, some few months ago that as a result, they are going to be deleveraging uh, their business, selling some of the assets uh, that um, they consider not uh, core to the business and try and um, obviously um, clean up uh, some of that balance sheet. And uh, they, at, at that time, they said um, they want to uh, de-leverage about uh, $1 billion worth of uh, their, you know, their business. So that means they've done, they're almost halfway through with, with this announcement, uh, with this announcement uh, today that they are selling uh, the, that uh, software construction um, uh, software business for about 444 million, you know, they are halfway through that one billion rent that uh, they've set for uh, for themselves. Um, it's part of the, the restructuring, you know. It's part of the cleaning up exercise. It needs to happen, you know, for them to get back to the uh, yesteryears of you know very good performance. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's maybe shift our attention now to uh, something that uh, came out of. Uh uh, the uh, uh, National uh, Credit uh, uh, Regulator's case against the Standard Bank here in the South Gauteng High Court uh, uh, last week. And that's a decision that now it's no longer legal for banks uh, to grab money out of your account in settlement of some debts. And uh, 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 this, of course, uh, unless you were specifically authorized uh, that particular course of action. W- what is this going to mean uh, for many uh, credit active uh, South Africans who uh, uh, for, for a long period of time have complained about uh, some of the debit orders that happened there and, uh, of course, uh, some of the uh, more uh, more legit ones uh, vis-à-vis even uh, some of the ones where uh, you've had the 99 Rand scandal where some of those aren't triggered and one would see them in their bank statement. Yeah, so I think it's a very good uh, news uh, for consumers, um, especially, um, you know, those that um, have a lot of credit. And, of course, they've seen this type of uh, exercise or behavior by banks um, coming through and, and, and settling, you know, debts in between accounts. Um, something that now the High Court has said, you know, it's no longer going to be, you know, to be to be the case. And I think uh, the, uh, the High Court basically um, making, you know, a clarity around the law called the common law set-off. Uh, what the banks were applying previously, it's the, um, the common law set-off, which basically um, allows the two persons, um, if we owe each other, uh, as individuals, of course, we could actually settle, um, you know, a, a debt uh, among 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 two individuals. So that's a common law set off. It's an old law uh, that, um, according to the NCR, the National Credit 
um, act, it, it's no longer, you know, applicable because it basically violates that um, or it supersedes that section 125 of the NCA. And I'm not going to go into the details, but effectively it says it's no longer, you know, you know, people can't take an account, well, they can't take money from one account uh, to settle the debt that is owed in another account. Let me give you an example, rather, Ayabonga. Uh, if you've got a credit card with a bank and you've got another check account, they can't take the money from your check to, mm. you know, to settle the credit account. That's illegal. And that's an exercise that the bank used to do uh, previously. Now, 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 Maudi, we know, um, you know, even in the world of finance, there's uh, what is called subordinate debt and then debt that has uh, sort of a, uh, some form of preferential uh, arrangement. What, what Was what the banks were doing here akin to uh, them subordinating other debts in order to pay themselves? Because, uh, of course, you had a check account with them or your salary would land in the uh, uh, or, or land with the bank that uh, you had some of the credit with. Yeah, effectively they treated it as a as a subordinated, uh, you know, loan or debt, um, and which is not which is not you know legal and shouldn't be the case. Mm. And I think this ruling would definitely protect, uh, offer that protection that the consumer really needs. Um, you know, you can't have your money taken without authorization. You need to basically authorize uh, for such an arrangement to happen. Because remember, once once that is done, you know, the bank. Uh, then, you know, take advantage of the fact that you as a consumer, you really can't challenge them and take them to court. I mean, if you do, you're going to spend a lot of money in legal fees uh, trying to take on a big giant, you know, such as um, such as a bank. It's just an exercise that many consumers um, didn't feel that they, they could actually challenge or they could actually, you know, they had the energy to do it. So mm. that's why the banks got away with it. And I think this high court ruling is one of the best, you know, I think it offers that protection to the consumers. Yeah. Maudi, I want us to pause here for a second and uh, invite some of our listeners uh, to give us a ring on this particular one. If you have any questions with regard, uh, I guess, uh, to that particular judgment and what that is going to mean for you, uh, do give us a ring on 089-110-3377. We'll take this brief break, uh, Maudi. And when we come back, uh, I want us to explain and uh, try and understand uh, firstly, what a real estate investment trust is, and uh, and in particular the story that appealed to me of a real estate investment trust that uh, owns uh, the likes of Opox, Mkandul, Nago Elliot Dale, Nago Libote, being acquired by Safari Investments, which uh, also is the landlord at uh, Denland Shopping Center all the way out in Mamelodi. So two players here, two landlord players in the low-income uh, retail property space, uh, deciding to, uh, uh, I guess, tie up and effectively consolidate that end of the market. And uh, Maudi, when we come back, I uh, want us to pick up on that particular story and uh, uh, also speak about uh, uh, the uh, uh, REIT landscape in general. Yeah? Uh, Perfect. I'm in conversation there with Maudi Lentswane. He is uh, the Chief Executive Officer at uh, Lehumo Investments, uh, joining us uh, for our business wrap uh, this evening. Let's take this brief break, and on the other side, we continue to give us a ring on 89 Nine minutes it is now before 8 p.m. And uh, we are in conversation uh, as part of our business wrap uh, conversation this evening. And I'm joined by uh, Maudi Lentswane. And uh, he is uh, the chief uh, executive officer at uh, Lehumo Investments. Now, Maudi, uh, the uh, other thing I wanted us to uh, take a look at here is uh, this uh, 
a decision uh, on the part of uh, Safari Investments to acquire uh, another real estate investment trust, Fairvest, uh, who own uh, uh, much uh, real estate uh, in uh, the retail sector in uh, many of uh, the low-income communities across our country. And uh, also here, I guess, uh, uh, in many ways, a marriage of uh, uh, a very similar uh, investment philosophies. No, certainly. I mean, uh, they are similar in the sense that they operate Primarily in the uh, you know rural areas, um, if you like, uh, most of their you know the, 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 their, their, their malls are you know situated in in rural areas or in township areas. Um, so they're pretty you know similar in in a sense. Um, and, and and this is I think a very good move by them um, to try and really consolidate. I mean we've seen um, the JSE I think has about almost close to sixty. Um, of these real estate investment trusts um, that are listed on the exchange, most of which are very illiquid. I mean, the share prices hardly ever move. And, um, you know, I think this consolidation would certainly um, offer some investors some opportunities, and I think it will certainly increase some liquidity um, on some of these, um, you know, REITs that that are listed Mm -hmm. and and certainly not seeing a lot of action, uh, Ayabonga. Yeah. Maori, let's maybe take a step back here and uh, explain for some of us who might not be familiar what a REIT is or what a real estate investment trust is in relation, I guess, to the shopping centers that we interact with every single day. I made the example of Fairvest and uh, some of the assets in their portfolio, including, uh, of course, the Boxer Superstores all the way in Liberté. Uh, which is uh, where my mother is from. And, uh, uh, I mean, I was quite interested uh, in uh, the uh, interface between all of the malls and shopping centers we interact with every single day and how that links to real estate investment trust, which is uh, what many of uh, the pension funds who hold our benefits invest in as well. Yeah, so, I mean, Ayabonga, and I've had this question before where people say, I mean, I'm seeing these malls Mm. and uh, people always wonder, who owns these malls? Um, and and most of these uh, big shopping centers and, and and office blocks that 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 you see um, in places like Centre and Rosebanks, those are owned by a real estate investment trust. Mm. And effectively, a REIT is a company that owns those buildings. It's, you know, a company that is set up uh, primarily to raise money uh, from investors. It's you and I that really uh, buy shares in these companies or can buy shares in these companies. They raise those monies and then they uh, expand by, you know, investing in another development, a new development. You you mentioned those boxes uh, that they invest in. Um, so we, you and I, make money when those share prices uh, appreciate, and of course they also have to um, every now and then declare the dividends or pay us the yield, um, the dividends that they will, um, you know, announce on a, on an annual basis or on a quarterly basis. Uh, so that's how you and I make money as investors and those companies um, continue to invest in those uh, new projects. Mm-hmm. And in this case, I mean, uh, the other company that's acquiring here, Safari, uh, also uh, quite well represented in particular in the township of Mamelodi and also have some investments uh, in Namibia. They did say here that uh, they're going to continue to uh, operate as two main offices in the interim, even after this uh, tie-up. But uh, you mentioned the liquidity issue. Uh, I'm also quite interested in what this is going to mean uh, by way of uh, the uh, uh, book of capital to go out and expand into uh, the segment that they've already chosen. Yeah, so I mean, you, you might have seen Ayabonga uh, last year. We had, I think, probably the real estate uh, or the REIT sector, uh, the listed property uh, sector, had one of the most difficult uh, period on the, you know, on the JSE. We saw 
share prices come under a lot of pressure. Um, you know, there were also some scandals. I mean, if you remember the re- resilient uh, stories, yes. that also, I think, affected the sector quite negatively. And, um, you know, there has been a need for, you know, some consolidation to happen, you know, some of the smaller ones to really try and merge so that they remain relevant because mm. I think, you know, being uh, competing against the big giants, uh, the likes of Growth Point, um, it was really just going to make life for them very difficult, uh, especially if they don't, they don't work out, you know, they come up with ways to, to try and consolidate their operations. Uh, together, they are stronger. You know, if they can consolidate and identify, you know, the um, counter, you know, companies that they can actually draw some synergies on, um, even better. And I think that also offers some opportunities for investors to look mm. at them. I mean, also, the, these aren't uh, slouches by any account. I mean, they, they might be a smaller REITs uh, compared to the growth point that you mentioned there. But uh, uh, an entity like Fairvest listed on the JSC, uh, owning uh, a lot of shopping centers in smaller and rural towns, has managed to, uh, I guess, uh, you know, uh, early this year, give guidance to the market of around double-digit dividend growth. So uh, over a long period of time, they, these are the guys who have been paying dividends consistently, and that should make them uh, a very strong and uh, an attractive investment proposition. No, certainly. I mean, don't 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 take it for granted. I mean, those, even though they operate in those rural areas, there is um, lots of um, you know money being made in, in in those areas. And I think um, um, just listening to the premier yesterday, um, uh, Premier Makura, also talking about the township economy. Mm. I mean, there's a massive um, economy that's booming there, and if really nurtured properly and taken care of and really looked after and given the support that that it needs. Uh, this is the one um, economy that can actually grow uh, the South African economy uh, massively. So that is why those uh, shopping centers are mushrooming in those areas, because mm. they've seen these opportunities. They're taking advantage of them. Okay. Look at us. That time, uh, uh, all of these chaps from uh, Cape Town are going into the same rural areas we're leaving and are making a killing and delivering double-digit uh, dividend growth to investors. Maori, hold the line for me for a second there. I've got one of our callers who'd like to weigh in on this issue uh, between the courts and the banks and uh, that judgment that came from the South, uh, South, uh, South uh, Gauteng High Court last week uh, about, uh, of course, uh, banks uh, taking money uh, in our accounts. Tabiso, you are in Tswane. Good evening to you. Good evening. How are you? I'm well, thanks, Chief. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. So I just got the conversation uh, halfway. Okay. And I have, uh, uh, like, uh, two quick questions. So one one is uh, regarding the uh, the investment where one needs to actually understand whether the tax-free investment accounts are actually worthwhile considering mm. or uh, the fixed deposits. So in terms of different uh, investment opportunities that are out there. Sure. So that's the first one. Then the second one is um, tapping a little bit into the home loan market, mm. where I uh, just need to also understand why is it that you get charged different um, attorney fees for different purchase prices of a, of a home loan. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Thank you so much for that. Maudi, uh, I don't know, my brother, if uh, you're going to be able to respond to that one, but I think you will. Yeah. Look, just a quick one. The tax-free, I've always said, I don't understand why all South Africans are not really participating in it because this is effectively a gift, mm. you know, from the government saying save and uh, or invest. When you invest and you earn some um, returns on those on those investments, um, we're not going to tax you because that's the way government encourages people to save 
And and for me, I think everybody needs to participate in that. And the sooner you start, the better. Because remember, uh, in your lifetime, it's five hundred thousand, and uh, of course, uh, annually it's about thirty-three thousand uh, maximum that you can mm. invest. So the sooner you start, the better. On the issue of, I think the other one was about why the banks or they they charge different transfer amounts. I, I didn't get the last question correctly. I, I don't. Uh, Tabiso, do you want to just uh, reiterate that last uh, a part of the last question? Okay, no problem. So, if one uh, is buying property, so the attorney fees that one pays on different purchase prices of a of a bond, they are different. So, I'm assuming that the, the attorneys are doing the same paperwork, but why why is uh, or why are consumers charged differently? I see. On on or depending on the on the purchase price of a bond. Mm. So, Maudi, yeah, yeah, please go ahead. The, look, I'm not obviously an expert in that field, but I thought it's a percentage of the purchase value. And therefore, when he says different amounts, he means uh, different amounts. Obviously, it would be a different amount because the percentage of a percentage of a million would not be the same as a percentage of 500,000 rand. Okay. okay, so it's based on a percentage. All yes, right, yes, all right. yes. So, in, in that sense, then it makes sense. Okay. Tabiso, glad we could help you, my brother. Thank you so much uh, for uh, so much. posing yeah. those questions there. Maudi, just as we wrap up here, and uh, of course, I guess it, it uh, some of the questions that uh, Tabiso is raising uh, are intimately tied to this conversation we're having about around real estate investment trust. Because when you do invest that money, uh, the fund managers who then sort of put and pool all of that money together do invest it in areas like these real estate investment trusts. And uh, the last question, certainly on my end, for, for some of us uh, who uh, might be considering going into that space or setting up a, a REIT much similar to the Fairvests and uh, Safaris of this world in underserved segments of the market, what goes into setting up a REIT? Yeah, so look, uh, it, it is regulated. Um, and of course, those requirements uh, would be listed uh, obviously, as part of the listing process um, at the JSE, uh, I might not have the nitty-gritty, but I'm sure, sure that uh, information is easily accessible from the likes of the JSE to say, if I want to set up a, a read, what, what do I need uh, to do? Um, and I'm sure that that information could be available there, Ayabo. Um, Okay. Maudi, we'll have to leave it there, my brother. I really appreciate your time and you uh, coming out to clarify uh, some of these issues for us and also discussing with us some of the uh, big uh, stories in the world of business this evening. That is uh, Maudi Linzwane. He's the Chief Executive Officer at Lehumo Investments, joining us this evening here on uh, Metro FM Talk.